Stoke Steel fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, the host of the show that likes to put you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Brandon Hunt, and the rest of the Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2022 and beyond. Um, and look, it's been a big week for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think probably <laughs> you'd have to be living under a rock. Not to you know, know what they sort of did in free agency. Some of the things we talked about on last week's show came off in terms of spots they needed to fill, players they you know might want to keep or not keep or what have you. Um, you know, I even said let Chooks test the market. They didn't. They obviously uh, they were the market for Chooks. Um, but you know, you definitely would have heard uh, lots of different discussions, viewpoints, angles, um, stats, facts, and anything else under the sun film room. If you look on the website. Um, from the BTSC, the Behind the Steel Curtain crew, that's across BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, and also um, our family of podcasts, which this is the noon show that goes on Wednesdays. There's noon shows every day. There's evening shows, Hangover, Scobro Show, um, you know, Your Enemy, enemy, which looks at the college players um, and outside of the, you know, the on the off-season um, Thursday nights, you've got the preview. Friday nights, you've got um, six-pack with Tony. You also have Touchdown Under um, from this week. So we will be going on before Tony goes on. Um, we do not want to take anything away from Tony's show. Tony's show goes at, we'll go at about 9 p.m. on a Friday. We go at about, we'll be going at about somewhere between 4.30 and 5.30. Um, so really on the commute home for work, if you're on the East Coast, sort of late lunchtime um, if you're on the West Coast. And then, you know, you'll have the audio through um, as well later on um, from that perspective in the next sort of 24 hours after that. So that's exciting. That moves from this week. So if you're a regular TDU listener, um, just be aware of that one. And then obviously you've got the Let's Ride Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, Michael Beck's moved to an um, a afternoon slot, I think, in the noon shows. Uh, and then on Thursday, you've got Stat Geek as well. Um, you've got Bad's new show, um, which is exciting too. And then you've got the We Run the North show, which has been thrown in there too. So there's definitely a lot of different things um, when it comes to covering the Steelers on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com um, or through our podcasts, which are available through Spotify, Apple Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor. Um, I think Pandora is another one. We don't even have that down under anymore. Spotify smashed them out of the market um, about six, six years ago, I think it was now. Um, but look, today's show, we're going to cover off a couple of different things. Um, I think really, you know, free agency is cracking on. There's, you know, safety is a real position for the Steelers' need. Um, wide receivers a position. Both of those, they could look to fill through the draft or they could look to fill through free agency before the draft or they could look to fill, in some respects, free agency after the draft. I think that last option is probably the last option for most Steeler fans. We want to see uh, more proactivity before then. Um, so what I want to do today is give you an idea of where the roster is sitting right now in terms of the position, positional breakdown. Um, I also want to have a look at the top 100 free agents and who's left. Um, now that's according to NFL.com. You, you know, each person probably has a big board of free agents in some respects that they like. So when I go through some of those names, people will be like, hell no. Um, some people will be like, yes, please. Uh, and then in part two, I wanted to look at two players um, on the second half of the show that have been recently mocked to the Steelers. And one's been a particular chat of the last 24 hours in Malik Willis. The other one that's been mocked to the Steelers is, Steelers is Derek Stingley, who I'm not a fan of, um, but we'll give him the, uh, you know, the, the airtime to sort of think about that one. Um, before I do, though, I think it's worth reflecting. 
Um, just quickly on who the Steelers are going to play. Now, obviously, Deshaun Watson, Cleveland Browns, we know that. We know Lamar needs to uh, sign a contract there with Baltimore. We know they signed Marcus Williams at the free safety position. Um, we know that they've started to pad out their roster. I think um, Zedaro Smith said no to them. You know, Cincinnati Bengals obviously got the good tackle in Collins this week. They've had a couple of other acquisitions as well. Um, with Steelers played Buffalo. Um, obviously, we we took Trubisky and uh, and Levi Wallace from them, but they've started to acquire a few different players like Von Miller, big contract for them, and a few other guys as well. Um, we play Miami. They're obviously acquiring different players in New England. Um, from that perspective, they've been a bit quiet of this free agency. I think Trent Brown did re-sign with them. Uh, New York, they've acquired a couple of guys, like Tomlinson. Um, they've got a cornerback. They've got a wide receiver. Um, they're starting to really pad up that roster and with some draft picks. You know, who knows? The Jets might actually win a handful of games. Um, we got to play the Atlanta Falcons, and obviously they've traded in the last few days Matty Ice, Matt Ryan um, over to the Colts, and they've also signed Marcus Mariota to lead that. And he's familiar with um, Arthur Smith there, so that's commission from the Falcons' perspective. But you've got to think, they didn't draft anyone last year. It was funny, I was listening to Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, NFL Network, and they were saying, you know, what would you rather, Kyle Pitts um, and Kenny Pickett, or would you rather Justin Fields and George Pickens, um, or Garrett Wilson, sorry. And when you look at it like that, um, yeah, interesting front office decisions there from <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons. Carolina Panthers obviously got a fairly high draft pick coming. Um, they've acquired a few different players. They re-signed Dante Jackson, my guy in the, in the cornerback position. Um, you know, they could re- very well steal Malik Willis um, from the Steelers earlier on in the draft. Um, you know, but then a guy like Econo, I've seen him, you know, if he fall down to him then as well. And if that happens, you know, that's a really good acquisition for them. So um, a few different things they can do. New Orleans brought back James Winston. So that's one to keep in mind as well. Um, you know, and they've, Otherwise, they've had a few losses rather than real gains. Las Vegas Raiders, obviously, Devontae Adams is now there with his college buddy in uh, Derek Carr. Uh, Josh Daniels is obviously the new coach. They're tooling up. Um, they've had a few other key signings across the defensive line. I think cornerback, um, they were sort of the main ones there. Indianapolis Colts, I just mentioned they've got, you know, Matt Ryan now. They shipped Carson Wentz off to the, to the football team or the commanders now. This should just stay the football team. Uh, you know, in the Indianapolis Colts, uh, sort of retooling there. They've got some draft picks. They've got a good squad playoff ready. And then you've got the Philadelphia Eagles as well. Um, Lane Johnson came back to them. Uh, they've had a few other key re-signings and guys like Fletcher Cox ended up staying after all and what have you there. And they signed a couple of cornerbacks as well. So, you know, in terms of Steelers opponents, there's definitely some move, moves being made. I, I don't think there's a weak you know, a clear weak game on that roster. And, you know, there shouldn't really be in the NFL with the way the draft and the salary cap works. Uh, but some interesting moves there. And then obviously Tampa Bay, who I glossed over, Tom Brady's coming back. Uh, again, they think they brought back Leonard Fournette um, as well. So they're starting to put a little bit of their team together. I think Gronk, you know, is still out there, whether he's going to be going to Cincy or back to Tampa, um, you know, since he was the rumored team. It's funny, actually, though, fun fact, not in like the last two seasons with Gronkowski in it has been, he's always ended up at Cincy, um, you know, which is quite funny uh, there. So I just want to look at that firstly. 
All right, now let's pivot across to the Steelers roster. Now, this isn't over the cap. This isn't, and I know that Dave Scofield's got an article on the website in terms of money. I think there's about $13 million in place right now with a few uh, contracts to still come. But this is the roster breakdown by position currently on the Steelers website as of all the transactions, as of you know today when I record this live on my Wednesday night. Um, obviously, it's um, the overnight for you between Tuesday and Wednesday um, or the very early hours of the morning. Um, on Wednesday morning. So uh, from that perspective, you know, some of this may even change in the next, you know, by the time this goes live to air. But right now, the, the Steelers have one defined center on their on their roster, six cornerbacks, two defensive backs. One of those is Trey Norwood for context, four defensive ends, two defensive linemen, four defensive tackles, one fullback, two guards, two kickers. Now, obviously, you're probably seeing I've done this um, alphabetical order. Uh, one inside linebacker, eight linebackers. That includes guys like TJ Watt and outside, two long snappers, four offensive linemen, one outside linebacker, um, which is um, Derek Tutska. Um, then you've got, or Tuska. Then you've got four offensive tackles, two punters, three quarterbacks, including Trubisky's included in those guys. Um, we know Dobbs visited with the Patriots. Uh, four running backs, three safeties, four tight ends, and eight wide receivers. Eight, right? Now, obviously, there's not eight starters there. The Steelers lost three in the last week. Um, but when we talk about clearing the path to the draft, clearing the path to the, to the Steelers offseason, this is important to keep in mind because when I tell you there's six cornerbacks, but we're probably most people would say we need to still draft one. We probably would even look for still look for a name in free agency. When I say we've got three safeties, people are like, "Hmm, really?" You know, because for most of us, it's just Minka. You know, we don't care about the other guys on that roster. Um, they're at the safety position, like you know Donovan Steiner, and then Miles Killebrew. Most people see as a special teams player, not necessarily the safety. Um, there. So that's sort of a key one to keep in mind, I think, when you're looking at, um, you know, the Steelers free agents and where where things are going to move. And so for running backs, you know, you could you probably want to add a fifth to, to sixth one in there. You know, do you add that weight in the draft? Do you look for who's sitting there at the end of free agency? I'd prefer the draft because I think, you know, you're not really going to get much better in free agency. And I think draft, you might get someone that the jury's out on that you've scouted, that you like, um, and you can bring him on over a couple of seasons. Um, you know, two punters and two kickers, always good for competition. Four offensive tackles. Look, I think it's pretty clear the Steelers are probably an offensive tackle or two short um, right now. And the draft, again, is another place where you might get that in rounds one to three. I mean, far lately now, it looks like he's going to be a third-round draft pick based on priority order with other players. Um, defensive end or defensive line is definitely one the Steelers could look at, even though they're not pressured. Um, DBs as well. Safety is a glaring one. So I think when you look at this, the two positions there that most shows will tell you about which are wide receiver and safety need to be filled. Uh, and that's interesting uh, for the Steelers as well, because technically, if we go look at some of the top free agents um, as well, the top one on the board right now is Tyron Matthew. It was the sixth ranked out of the top 100 free agents being available. And, you know, he's still there. Um, 
you know, so that's really helpful. Equally wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr. is there at 11. Do you want him coming off an injury? I don't think it makes sense. I don't think he would come to the Steelers with Trubitsky there. I think he's looking for another title or looking for mass production. Trubitsky's probably not the safe bet for him there to win a massive contract the following year. Um, you know, but, but who knows? Uh, you've got Stefan Gilmore in there at cornerback. A lot of Steelers fans, I know a lot that would say bring him in. Um, what's he going to do there? Dwayne Brown, you know, the Steelers probably want to look to get younger rather than older. But now that you've got Chooks and you've got Dan Moore, do you look at that um, to shore up that line? Maybe if Ben, you know, if, you know, it was a couple of years back and Ben was still throwing really well, maybe that's the guy you bring in. But at 37, he's probably going to the to more, more of a contender is the best way to put it. You got Bobby Wagner out there. I think now we have got Miles Jack. That doesn't make sense, but um, you will see. I think he'll end up at the Rams just personally. Uh, Jadavian Clowney's out there. I don't think any Steel fans want him. I went through a lot of that when we did the Bud Dupree thing um, a few years back. Uh, you know, he maybe goes back to the Browns. Apparently, he told them all he didn't want to be there, but maybe it's different with Deshaun Watson. You got Calais Campbell in there. Again, I think they want to get younger, if anything, on the defensive line, but he is a name out there and you wouldn't snub your nose at it. Melvin Ingram, well, we are going to snub our nose at that because, you know, he gave up on us. The article that I've got says that, that we gave up on him. That's just not true. He gave up on us, um, you know, and we, we were focused on Alex Highsmith. He became a, you know, wrecker for the Chiefs down the stretch, but he's older. He's 33, and most teams want to get younger, and that's going to be a problem, clearly, for Melvin Ingram. Uh, Rob Gronkowski at 25, I think if he's doing anything, you know, whether if even if he's coming back, he's going to go play with Brady. Um, Jarvis Landry is an interesting one. I had a tip that he would go to Green Bay. That's how who I felt. But you know, Jeff Hartman and I would both like to see him in a black and gold jersey. He can still do things, but again, are we going to pay him what he wants to do the role that he would probably do for the Steelers? Probably not. You've got Jerry Hughes out of there, edge rusher out of the Bills, 34. He's a bit older now. You've got Akeem Hicks. I think a lot of us bad, you know, particularly is waving that banner. I think you'd like to see Akeem Hicks in um, if you wanted to, but you only really want him if two it's out and, you know, the jury's out on whether that's the case or not. You've got Trey Flowers in there, defensive end as well. He played a linebacker, probably outside linebacker for the Steelers. I I would like the addition there at outside linebacker. I think that really lets you go hard at wide receiver and cornerback in the draft and tackle um, or or somewhere else on the offensive line. It's pretty rich in interior offensive linemen. Um, but realistically, again, does he is he going to be happy to sit there behind Highsmith because that's probably what he'd have to do? And you know, they otherwise spelled TJ, and I don't think so. I think he signed somewhere else. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate it. Some people didn't like what he did um, previously, but I wouldn't hate it. Um, JC Treader, the current um, NFLPA president, I believe, um, he has found himself off the Browns, a center. Like, I actually think he'd be better for us than Ryan Jensen, but now we've got Mason Cole and we've got James Daniel. I don't think they're going to be in the market there for that, and I think he'll get good money elsewhere. Uh, you got Will Fuller. I wouldn't want to touch him for any, you know, with a 10-foot pole. Eric Fisher, an order tackle. Again, is he, you know, a viable option there? I think he'll go with a team that's looking to shore up that offensive line where he could end up being the starter through either injury or, you know, they're taking a chance on a rookie or an unproven guy. 
Julio Jones, again, I'd like to see him in, in Pittsburgh. I think he's catching traffic. He's six foot three, I think about 220 pounds. I think it offers you something. I think, you know, catching traffic with Freeman is good versus, you know, Claypool not doing that at the moment. That's where he could be helpful. But again, I think Julio Jones is chasing the Super Bowl and, you know, I don't think Pittsburgh out of it. I think we're a lot more in it than people realize, but I don't think it's the logical fit um, there with Julio Jones. Bryce Callahan is someone at cornerback. Maybe we look at him in the slot, but, you know, we've got Cam Sutton. People talking about moving Levi Wallace already in there. Probably not what we need. You've got Deshaun Elliott, um, you know, and that's an interesting one at safety there. Ex-Baltimore player, um, did well in 2020, was injured last year. Not surprised, but he, his loss did affect the Ravens. Um, maybe you look at him, but I don't think he's the safety that's on the Steelers fans' lips. It's either Edmonds or Matthew, I think, and most people are really going for Matthew. You got Anthony Barr. I know that I think Jeffrey Benedict was talking about him. Someone across Steelers Networks was definitely talking about him being someone that could come in and do something, but maybe move inside. I don't think that's going to happen now with Miles Jack, but he's a guy that's sitting there available, which is um, interesting for sure. Uh, then you look at Interesting for sure. And then you look at Marcos Valdez Scantling. Um, you know, I think, yeah, it's interesting to see what happens with him. Um, maybe he goes back to the Packers. You're Justin Houston there, quite old. Melvin Gordon, he wants to go back with the Broncos. I think he will end up back there, but it's to, they're going to let him test the market. Derek Barnett, Edge, um, but more in that 4 3 scheme, I think, off the top of my head. Um, I don't know why the Steelers would invest there. You got Kaiser White. Um, I don't. I'm, you know, the, the thing on him is they're surprised that you know, he was let go. I think another team picks him up. I don't know why you'd probably add him. You're looking for more of a buck linebacker than what he um, would do. You got Arden Key, the edge. Um, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. I don't think, again, he's the right acquisition for the Steelers. Sheldon Richardson, if two was out, maybe look at him. Likewise, in, in Donna Masu, um, they're not to it is currently on the list to come back to play, and therefore that doesn't make this a necessarily viable option. Um, and then you've got Patrick Peterson, cornerback. He's old, but he could help you out. Kevin King, the same thing. Um, not as old, but, you know, do you really want to bring him in? I want them to, I would love them to have a look at Larry Ogunjobi, especially now he didn't pass that medical. Can you get him heaps cheaper than what the Bears were going to offer him? Um, I like the guy. I think he can do things. I'd love to, I'd love them just to take a flyer on it. And you've got PJ Williams, defensive back. Um, you know, he can make big hits and he can cover, um, he's a slot defender, he can cover tight ends, DB, so he can play safety and, and uh, cornerback. Um, maybe he's someone that Steelers look at. He's someone I could see them bringing in on the cheap with, when their no market emerges. Donta Hightower, I don't think he's in the market with the Steelers. I don't think that's one they should touch with Miles Jack. You've got Riley Reef in order to tackle. Joe Hayden sitting there. He'll get paid by someone, even if it's post-draft. I don't think he's coming back to the Steelers. That, that ship sailed. And then you've got Andy Dalton as well. Um, and the number one free agent got signed in the last 24 to 48 hours to run Armstead with the Miami Dolphins. With that, we're going to take a break on Steel's Room. Join me for part two. Uh, we're going to look at those two players that I talked about that have been recently mocked to the Pittsburgh Steelers.
back on Steelers Warren. I'm your host this week, show Matt Perival, the host of the show that puts you in the minds of Kevin Colbert, Omar Khan, Mike Tomlin, Brandon Hunt, and the rest of Steelers front office as they look to put together a winning roster in 2021 and beyond. So uh, now we get to two players that have been mocked to the Steelers in the last little while, names that have cropped up um, before in Malik Willis, a new name, I think, for some there in Derek Stingley Jr., uh, let's kick it off with Derek Stingley Jr. So I'm bringing him up because DJ mocked him to the Steelers really quite recently, and he sort of slipped from anywhere between 6 and sort of 16, 18, um, all the way down to the Steelers at 20 there, which doesn't seem like two spots as much, but he's definitely slipped. Um, and this was put out only a couple of days ago. Um, but Derek Stingley Jr., it's funny, like when I've listened to DJ, he's recently dropped in in the Move the Sticks sort of content around the fact that a lot of the league are a little bit less impressed with Derek Stingley Jr. despite the awesome measurables, um, you know, and, and, you know, he's had some injuries. If you look back at his career at LSU, uh, seven tackles for a loss, no sacks, six interceptions, all six came in uh, 2019. Um, you know, he only allowed... Um, you know, so, and then he had, sorry, 73 total tackles. Um, I told you about seven for a loss, 20 pass defense, 15 of those in 2019, two fumble recoveries, two false fumbles. Um, not too, not too bad there, not too shabby. That's from the stat lines though, but he doesn't really done anything in 2021. He doesn't really done anything. And I think that's a real problem for me. I don't care about measurables. I'm six foot one, 195 pounds. So I don't care about that. I care about what are the result when he goes out on the field? And it's pretty interesting when you start looking at some of the stats um, that he had. So say he's at 64 total tackles. He had six in uh, 2021. Admittedly, in 2021, he played only a, a couple of games. He played a total of 154 snaps, um, 78 in in run defense and 76 in coverage, had defensive grade on PFF of 66.6, a run defense grade of 64.9, coverage grade of 66.3, and tackling grade of 25.8. Now, he didn't play a lot of snaps, but the reality is is that, like, in the three games that he played, but, like, it's all for the, you know, the challenges he had, you know, in 2020, he had a slightly better year, a defensive grade rating on PFF of 72.1, run defense grade of 66.9, tackling grade of 69.4, pass rush of 60, coverage grade of 71.7. But you got to go back to 2019, where LSU obviously had that, that team with Joey Burrow, um, you know, that did so well. But, you know, that's where he had a 91.7 defensive grade, a 78.3 run defense grade, a 48.6 tackle grade, not that great, um, a pass rush grade of 60.2 and a coverage grade of 91.7. And that was the year, um, you know, that he did well with five interceptions, according to to these guys. It was six. Um, if you look at um, stats, you know, pro football references, college site, Sports reference, they they say differently, differently, I should say. So that's 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 I guess really important there to sort of make that distinction uh, around because we know the PFF stats aren't always great. Fifteen pass breakups or fifteen pass defenses in twenty nineteen. Uh, there, 
he allowed 37% um, of his catches to be his receptions back in 2019, and that steadily moved up to 50%, um, allowing two receptions on four targets in 2021. So that's statistical. It's, you know, very hard to compare statistically uh, in what that looks like um, from that from that perspective. Defensive stops as well. He had five this year in 2021, which is interesting. His seat in his career records, eight back in 2019. Uh, he only allowed one touchdown you know, last season and in 2020, but he allowed five in 2019. Now, he was just playing a lot more back in 2019. You know, he played 900 total, um, 986 total snaps in 2019, 429 in 2020, and only 154 last year. But I bring up the name because I do not, like none of this should fill you with confidence. And I know it sounds like I have an impression on those stats, but I don't like it. I don't care about the athleticism. He's injured. He hasn't proven it to me in three years. I hate that he was mocked to the Steelers. I just straight up, I don't like it. I don't want to see it. Um, I think he'll go earlier anyway. I think another team will be, will, you know, do it. I heard the Vikings as someone that might be interested in him, they need to get better at cornerback. Um, they've been struggling to do that for a few years now. Maybe he's the right fit. Good riddance, take him. He can keep wearing purple, take him seven or eight spots before the Steelers, which is when the uh, when the Vikings are picking. So I want to go to Malik Willis. Uh, obviously, at the pro day, there's the chicken wings. There's the Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin looking on with glee. You know, all the rest of it. We know that the Steelers historically have not been secretive about who they wanted. Whether he's there, I mean, I could see the Lions taking him at two. I really could, you know, especially it looks like with the way that the Jaguars are approaching free agency, that they get looking to do better. On the, they've done invested in the offensive line enough that you think that they they could well draft Aiden Hutchinson, but then it's a free. But yeah, Malik Willis, like obviously we know that he started out in Auburn um, in 2017 before transferring to Liberty in 2020. Um, played only six games in 2017. Sorry, seven games, completed six from seven for 85%. Uh, one TD, quarterback rating of 186 in that rating system. Um, in 2018, played in Auburn again, five games, five completions from seven attempts, 71% for 24 yards, no TD. In 2020, played at Liberty, um, 10 games, all they played with COVID, 170 completions for 265 attempts at 64%, which is not too shabby. Um, that's probably enough. That's probably minimum where you'd want to see a guy that's going to go in the first round for 2,250 yards. Uh, they're 20 TDs to six interceptions. That's a pretty good ratio. Um, there you're looking at, you know, three and almost three and a half, um, which is really positive. Quarterback rating 155.8. Um, Liberty in 2021 played 13 games, 207 um, completions from 339 attempts, 61%. That accuracy was a real problem, but he was playing behind a horrific O-line by all accounts. Andrew Wilbar literally told us that every week in the BTSC Slack channel. Um, 27 touchdowns to 12 interceptions there. Um, you know, And this is all according to sports reference. Not too bad numbers. You know, he finishes with a college completion percentage of 62.8. That's 388 completions from 618 attempts. Yards, um, average yards of 8.4, 48 TDs to 18 interceptions. So you're looking at about 20, 50, yeah. So you're looking there at over, you know, more than a third, um, but not quite 40%. 
um, of his throws are leading to interceptions, you know, from that ratio perspective. Um, that's that's not great. You'd want to see that a bit differently. That's certainly not where you're going to see some of the other quarterbacks like a Carson Strong um, in this draft. But you got to look at the, that's the passing side. When you look at the rushing side, you know, in 2020 and 2021, he rushed for 944 yards in 2020 and 878 yards in 2021. He rushed for 14 TDs in 2020, 13 TDs in 2021. Pretty incredible there. You know, when you're adding that to the to the touchdowns as well. So 29 rushing touchdowns in college, 27 in the last two years, um, you know, in 2,131 yards rushing in all of his college career, you know, and more than uh, 1,800 of those came in the last two years alone. Pretty incredible from Malik Willis when you combine those numbers. So that's 29 TDs you can add to the 48. And that's when he starts to look like a really good player. Apart from his pro day where he threw absolute bombs from all the highlights that I've seen. I didn't get to watch it. You know, that sort of happened, you know, in the start of my day today. But needless to say, Malik Willis is certainly rocketing up people's boards. When you look at him from a PFF perspective, had his best year as well in 2021. Um, you know, and I think really you're comparing his games at Liberty um, rather than Auburn because he played so little uh, there when you think about it. But, you know, we talked about the yardage there, but his offensive grade on PFF, if you like it, PFF was 91.6 in 2021, 77.4 passer grade um, in 2021, 94.5 run grade in 2021, 73.9 fumble grade, um, which is good. In 2020 at Liberty, it was 85.7 was his offensive grade overall, 75.5 for his passing grade, 83.1 for his run grade, 20.2 for his fumble grade. He had quite a few fumbles um, compared to other years from that perspective. Now, in looking at his last year, I also thought it was interesting. His best game of the season came against the UAV Blazers. The second best game was against Syracuse. Third base game was against Eastern Michigan, and then the fourth best was against Campbell. Uh, when you look at, you know, Old Miss, he had a pretty average game there. Um, offensive grade of 62.2 in that game. LA Lafayette, uh, 53.0 was his grade that week. That was the season low. Um, they were the season low in pass grades was against, um, in passer grade was against La Monroe in week seven. Um, and then again in weeks 10 and 12, they were poor. They were below 45. Um, again, those passing grades against Old Miss and LA Lafayette. Uh, his run grade was highest against UAB uh, in, in that game. So that's kind of, that's an interesting one. For those of those of you that are really keen on that run game, Syracuse, it was pretty high. Old Miss, it was pretty high. Eastern Michigan, it was pretty high. UAB, it was pretty high as well. So you see him in certain games look to use the feet. The thing for me when it comes to Malik Willis is that I just can't get out of my head at the senior bowl that is so leg, so run first. I was going to say leg first. You know, and he is only six foot one. I think, like, that's corner PFF. I think he's a six, I think he um, measured at six foot two. He's about 215 pounds. The thing for him is he's going to have to stand pretty far back from the, you know, the line of scrimmage. And that works for Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray's like has a crazy depth behind it. It's almost like 30 yard average per throw um, or per completion. Malik Willis is going to have to get that back that far. So, lucky he's got a faster speed time like miles per hour time uh then you know 
Calamari because he's probably going to need that in the NFL and he may well need it if the Steelers were to draft him behind the offensive line. But the offensive line is looking better. Um, but when you look at Malik Willis from that perspective, it's this dual threat that I think is, is one of the biggest things that he brings, uh, you know, to an offense. Um, it's mobility. That's what, you know, Mike Tomlin wanted when you look at the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no denying this guy's talent and the athleticism. He's going to have to sit for a year or two, and that's a big knock on him um, coming out of college. The other thing for me when it comes to Malik Willis is I, if he's sitting there at 20, I get it from the Steelers, particularly when you do have a quarterback uh, like this that is this dual threat that has done an incredible amount, um, you know, that has rushed, you know, for, for the amount of yardage that he has. But I'm not selling the farm for it. You know, we've all got to just pull back and remember that this was a quarterback class and the NFL always hypes quarterbacks, but this is an NFL quarter, quarterback class where people felt, you know, just a few weeks ago, there wasn't a, a guy worthy of the number one pick, regardless of what they did on the combine and senior bowl and pro days. We're getting into that hype that's building that's there to make guys like Malik Willis a stack of cash come the draft. You got Trubisky. Maybe, just maybe, to quote Jeff Hartman's phrase, you wait. You just wait. And you see what Trubisky's got to offer. You draft a guy later on and you get a game changer. You know, the positions we talked about, like wide receiver and safety. Now, I think they need to address safety and free agency. But do you go get that wide receiver? Or do you get another player that allows you to go get the player that you're looking at that's value at some of those positions? Because there are going to be some good safeties later on in the draft. A lot of them are more free, free safety focus, um, which Robar pointed out in our Slack channel. But, you know, I had also you know, in doing my reviews and seeing. And so, yeah, I guess I'm not anti-Malik Willis being drafted. I just think we A, need to pump the brakes so he's very likely gets picked beforehand. I don't want the Steelers to give up what they're going to need to give up to get him. Everyone saw his pro day. The cat's out of the bag now. Um, assuming it's on distraction. I do want to say though, that the Steelers met with other quarterbacks and they have sent people to those pro days, including Carson Strong of Nevada. Um, so that's quite interesting. Obviously, we know they're at Kenny Pickett um, and Kenny Pickett's pro day as well. I think Kenny Pickett's going to go somewhere else too. I don't see him falling to the Steelers. I think then it's a bit of a free-for-all. But regardless, I don't think, again, I, if you get a player that's going to be with you for the next six to 10 years, that's going to make a real difference maker within 12 to 24 months, you pick that guy. Like, I think, you know, you pick that guy um, that you can be sure of unless you really love this offensive line and you don't really love what you're getting from Trubisky. But that's that's the game for the Steelers, and that's why, you know, they're the guys that are in the room and that war room making those decisions. But with that, that wraps up Steelers Warren for this week. Stay tuned across the BTSC network. There's so much to come, and there's also so much to come on the NFL news front, um, as the Steel- and the Steelers are just going to look to clear that path um, to a really successful draft in 2022.